Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Playing card as a plectrum. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the JGB episode seventeen. Um, as you're probably aware, if you're listening to this, this one's out a little bit later than normal. Um, I've been sick for nearly four days, so I wasn't sure. If and I also, we were at the Shorebirds yesterday too. Uh, yesterday? Yeah. Was that it wasn't yesterday? yesterday. No, your sense. I've been no. <laughs> I've been sick for four days. I was sick at the shore just as we got to the Shorebirds. So no, that was four days ago. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that'll probably be our next episode, JJ, I'm guessing. Uh, this one, you said you wanted to talk about the All-Star game. Um, obviously, it's um, a week past now since we've done it, but we'll, we'll talk about that in our main segment. How about the Hammering Derby? We'll talk about everything during All-Star weekend, not just the All-Star game. There was four different things to talk we about. We also have to mention um, uh, what the winner did, too. Uh, can we do that in a correct segment? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so first segment oh, is home. things that we've just been talking about in baseball Damn. or things that, that we've talked about before. Now, as I was tidying up, I found our program from the Maryland Blue Crabs. And I started reading through it and something really interesting came up on stealing bases. So what? as I was researching that, I was like, ooh, I can actually uh, find out a few things more. So first question then for you, JJ. Um, what base do you think is stolen the most? Second. Correct. Because I think it's, like, harder to see. Because it's, like, right behind your face. Like, behind your head. Oh, like, where the base is. Gotcha. Yeah, you're gotcha. looking at the catcher. You're talking from the pitcher's perspective. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, stealing second base is much more common than stealing third base. Uh, from 2015 third, yeah. to 2019, the MLB-wide breakdown of steal attempts is 86% second base <laughs> and 14% third base. Now, if you add that up, that comes to 100 so that doesn't leave much for home base. Nobody and... stole first. Or ah, home. Ah, correct. Or home. Correct. Because you can't you really can't. steal first base, can no. you? No, unless you have to run back from second. Now, yeah. it sounds like you've almost been reading ahead in my notes. Cause I haven't. I know you haven't. But actually, interestingly, I thought between 2015 and 2019, though, stealing third base had a 77% success rate. Uh, only a 71% for second base. So apparently third is easier to steal than second. Now, I think that also makes sense from what you said, because who's right behind the pitcher's head? Person on second base, right? So you can't see him. Um, Brian Roberts, I saw as I was reading an article, and this talked about why that was so. Now, the reason Brian Roberts was interesting for me is... He's a pitcher. No, he's not a pitcher, but we saw his picture at Delmarva because it's a former Orioles player. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, we're going to talk about Brian Roberts this week. For the guys who can't outrun the ball, it is so much easier to steal third because you can get so much more of a lead. 90% of the pitchers are quicker to the plate when there's a runner on first than on second. You always see a pitcher side, slide step with a runner on first, but a lot of times you don't see the sign for the slide step with a runner at second. Pitchers don't pay as much attention to a runner at second. Huh. So I thought that was some interesting stats, which I never really thought about before. You don't really want them to get a lead and then steal third, because then they could steal home. I, I would agree. You'd think you'd want to pay more attention. Now, I would have thought, though... That Except the... if you steal home... 
Well, the pitcher's going to see, and then they're just going to throw it. Well, I'm not be so worried about him stealing home, but if you can get from second to third, if you on third, if they hit a sacrifice fly, you score. If they're on second, you're not going to score on a sacrifice fly. So you increase your odds of generating a run, for sure, when you, uh, when you do this. Now, do you know who has the most steals in history? I know it's a name that you've heard of before, but... I don't know. All right, Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson has way more steals than everybody else. And then I started to look at some other ones. Now, I knew that Mason knew this once because this shocked me. I thought... I, thought, was, I don't um, know who Ricky Henderson is. Oh, you don't? Oh, I okay. forgot. He, he, he played for a lot of teams. He played for the Yankees, but I always think of him as an Oakland A's player. Um, that might not even be his most prominent team, but that might be just when I saw him in games. Um, let me ask you this one then. Most steals of home plate in a career. Any ideas for that? I nearly gave a little spoiler away, and I'm glad I didn't. Why? All right, if you don't know, you don't know. That's fine. I always thought it was Jackie Robinson. You often saw Jackie Robinson steal home Ricky on like Henderson? on the films. It's not Ricky Henderson, no, not for this one. And um, when I asked when I asked uh, Mason about that because he had to write an article or something, he's like, "Oh no, it's Ty Cobb," and he told me the exact number as well. He's like, "It's 54." I was like, "How on earth do you know that?" And I looked it up, and at the time it was it was Ty Cobb who was 54. So I wondered if you um, you knew who it was as well. No. The thing that I didn't know though was, do you know what team Ty Cobb played for? No Red Sox or Yankees. No, 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 no. He I was thought. a Detroit Tigers player. What I didn't know Somewhere was up north, I knew that. four of those steals were for the A's. I was like, the A's? Now, this is way before Oakland. This would have been the Philadelphia Athletics. I did not know Ty Cobb finished. I thought Ty Cobb played his whole career in Detroit. I was yeah. shocked this week when I found out. He played his last two seasons, 40 and 41-year-old, as a Philadelphia Athletic. I think that's a real shame that they didn't keep him on for two more years so he could have played his whole career there. All right. Any ideas for the most steals of third base, then? Probably not. Ty Cobb. Nope, Ricky Henderson. Come on! <laughs> He's got the most steals. He has 322 steals. The next person on the list is Vince Coleman with 189. That's how far Ricky Henderson is ahead of everybody in uh, in steals. Um, it was, oh, he said Ricky Henderson is the lead stealer of lead base since 1950. I wonder if that means it was somebody before 1950 who had more. I didn't notice that when I took my original notes. That was from Baseball Perspective in May 2009. And then I was going to ask you about that then. So... Um, oh, I missed one. Where did I put my stats for stealing second base? Oh, second base is the most commonly stolen base. Couldn't find out how many people have stolen second base. Every time I put There's stolen like second many, base, it came up with a second baseman who stole bases. So Joe Morgan was the second baseman who had the most steals, but that wasn't what I was trying to find out. No matter how I looked for it, I could not find the answer to that. And it's because the... there's way too many people stealing it. And then the question I was going to ask you was, because this was kind of my, this was my whole setup. I was like, oh, I could mess with Jay. And I was going to ask you, like, who stole the most, who stole first base the most? And but then I was thinking. Nobody. And why? Because you can't steal first. Well, you just kind of explained Unless you it, go from second back to first. Now, why would you do that, though? Because that doesn't make uh, any sense. Well, uh, I don't know. Like, in a rundown? Maybe. Well, if you're already on second, you don't need to run back to first. You just stay on second, right? Now, I, while I was looking, I found something called the Secret Base Podcast. And they talked about Herman Schaefer. 1907, there's runners on first and third... And he attempts to steal second. Now, the reason he's trying to do this is... To drive the runner in? Well, not drive... No, he's trying to steal. He's not trying to drive it in. He's trying to get the catcher to throw the ball to second. And while that happens, the guy from third is going to try and run in and score. Yeah. And so what he's happened was... 
They weren't falling for it, they didn't throw it, and the guy got to second. No, that's still pretty good, though. Second and third is better than first and third, right? Mm -hmm. So what did he do on the next play? He uh, ran back to first. <laughs> so he I stole first base. Yeah, so apparently you, you can't. So you called. You called it. I don't know how you could have realized that. I was expecting you to go. You can't steal first base, and I thought you couldn't steal first base either. And what did he do the next play? He then restole second base. Now, as he did that though, the catcher this time threw, and the guy from third base scored. So it is apparently possible to score steal first base. I think he was trying to make him think that he was staying on first. Yeah, he was trying to trick him. And then, to trick him. so it was like kind of like a double trick. Yeah. Now. This is 1907, though. There was a lot of strange rules at that time. Rule 5.09b, part 10. Any runner is out when after he has acquired legal possession of a base, he runs the bases in reverse order for the purpose of confusing the defense or making a travesty out of the game. The umpire shall immediately call time and declare the runner out. So if you try to do that now, you're out. You're not allowed to do that. Hey, Dad. Uh, so... Wait, I forgot what it was. <laughs> now, I mentioned at the start I was looking through a program about the Maryland Blue Crabs. So what on earth of the heck has this got to do with stealing first base? You can steal first base now, and you're actually going to tell us about a story that relates to the Blue Crab that deals with it, that deals with this. The partnership between Major League Baseball and the Independent Atlantic League expanded after the All-Star break with four new rules including an Innovative new on that defied baseball convention. Batters may steal first base on any pitch not caught in flight. The batter can be thrown out if he attempts to run. Alright, so shall we explain that then? Yeah. So any pitch that's not caught in flight. So that means like if it bounces in front of them or if the catcher misses it. So any wild pitch. Like pitches, a wild pitch. Like a wild pitch. So you can score on those. Or if it bounces in front, if you want to try and steal, you can if you want to. Okay. Um, so then you can just turn on flash mode and then <laughs> start running full speed ahead. Uh, I guess And then so. like you go. But if, if Flash played baseball, he tried to steal first, Dad, he would run so fast he would just crash into the wall in the outfield. Uh, if it was the Flash. Now, it does say, though, nobody can be on base when this happens, though. So you can't just do it any time. So it has mm -hmm. to be nobody on base if you're going to try and do this steal. Now, I think we already explained that part. So do you want to read the sentence where it says it took a little while? It took a little while for the first Atlantic League player to be daring enough to go for it. That makes sense. Think about it. Unless there are two strikes, you never think of bolting for first base on any pitch, no matter how wild. Mm -hmm. What if it was like six feet away? But you don't I'd run on that. I'd instantly be running. No, you wouldn't, because you're not allowed to. You, that's how everybody who's played baseball, you're not allowed to steal first base. That's always been the rule. So these players who are in their 20s, they've been taught since they're like five years old. Like, you can't do that. You can't steal first base. You just let the catcher get the ball, time score, and you get... Suddenly with this new rule, it was like, whoa, I might have to think about this on every pitch now. If it goes past the catcher, i got to think about whether I want to run. Six feet out of the batter's box. All right, last sentence then, JJ. Instant run. <laughs> Tell me how this relates to the blue crabs then. Uh, on Saturday. On Saturday, it finally happens. Tony Thomas is up to bat in the sixth inning for the Southern Maryland blue crabs. And on a oh, one pitch sail by Lancaster Bor Barnstormers catcher, Cat Anderson De La Rosa. Yep. He ran and stole first. He did. Yep. We have a Barnstormer sticker. 
Uh, we do. Yeah. Because yeah, they're from the Independent League. Hmm. So that was, I found that in that book. So you can actually steal first base. He was the first person in history to steal first base. Um, they sent his shoes to the Hall of Fame. When? Um, when? It, I think it said 2019. I think that was when it said the rule introduction came in. So, but yeah, it mentioned it in that book, and I was like, that's kind of cool. You can watch the clip on YouTube, actually. If you put ste uh, first uh, steal of first base, um, you can actually see that. And final stats I had for you, just so you can see how far ahead he is. Ricky Henderson, 1,406 <laughs> steals. Second person, Lou Brock, 938. Uh, third player on the list, I think he still plays. Billy Hamilton, 914. Um, and actually, this is how big of a deal this is current players playing in the major league baseball jj only three people have 300 or more stolen bases and ricky henderson has 1400 so i don't think if unless billy hamilton can do that i don't know i do, billy hamilton is ridiculously quick um i know mason doesn't follow baseball that quickly but you, when he gets home from wrestling practice ask him who you think the fastest person is on the baseball i wouldn't be surprised if he said billy hamilton he might have forgotten that name <laughs> Uh, Lou Brock was second, hey, Billy man. Hamilton's third, Ty Cobb's fourth, and Tim Raines is fifth. Um, when Bryce Harper rounded the bases on the home run in 15 seconds, like why? I don't know why would you need why you'd need went to round the bases that fast. I would conserve my energy <laughs> and just jog around the bases. Some, there's one player who runs super quick. I can't 14. remember. What. There's, seconds there's someone who runs quicker than someone uh, did Machado. 14 seconds yeah there's one guy who just sprints it out every time um pete rose never used to take it easy either he was used to it's supposedly a sign of not disrespecting the pitcher like if you take 50 seconds to get around that's disrespecting the pitcher you just try, you're not trying to show off you're just trying to get around as quick as you can so now second thing while i was researching this and i had to kind of hide my notes because i wanted to ask you some questions uh you brought a cal ripkin ball down to me and asked me about his last game because you we got it from the thrift store so for like 10 for five dollars yeah, it was it was it wasn't too bad. It was clearly a, a special item, and um, I got to mention good cop bad cop baseball this week. Uh, Dustin Tarr, who I interviewed, who's a wrestler, uh, we talked baseball as well. He was actually at that game, so cool. um, it was kind of funny that you brought it up just after I talked to him the previous night. Uh, we watched a few things. Um, we we tried to look for oh we saw there was like it said there was like a forty five minute. Um, video package to commemorate Cal on that last game. So we started to look for it. Uh, we didn't see that. Uh, we did see his uh, last home game. Uh, we saw part of that. It was a 5-1 win for the Red Sox. Woo! Boy, um, we did see his last home run. Wait, Dad. He should wait until um, he actually gets a winning last game at, at home, Dad, and then he would... And then he would go on the road. Oh, might have to go. That might never happen. Or that might not happen at the end of the... Uh, some people have done that. They've ended before the end of the season. I I'm pretty sure Ted Williams finished before the end of the season. And then I got think. frozen. I don't think he... I think after his last game... He had a home run and his last home at, uh, home at bat. And I don't think he played the away series after that. I think he was just like, I'm done. Which kind of makes sense. Finish on a positive. And um, we did see the 2001 All-Star game. Um, his home run there. Um, I think he said he only had two home runs in all-star games. And we also... Oh, and while we were there, we were kind of clicking on different things. We suddenly saw... Because you asked me how old is Cal. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. 50? 60-something? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Either late 50s or early 60, 60s. 60, 
62, I think. I was going to say 62, but that just sounds so... 62? 62 is probably right, because he retired a long time ago now. So, yeah, he was in his 40s when he retired. So, yeah, that probably is about right. And when we did that, we found out some things that you thought were particularly interesting. So, while we were looking up the oldest baseball players... The Hall of Fame remembers Browns outfielder George Elder, who passed... Who's passing the age of 101 on July 7th? Leads Art Shalik, who pitched for three Yankees. Yankees team that won World Series titles is the oldest living former AL and NL player, having been born on April. 25th, 1924. Now, the reason you were pausing there, that symbol you might not recognize, that's the at symbol, and that's what they use for a Twitter handle. So it said the yeah. at Yankees. So if you yeah. wanted to find out more about the Yankees, you could just click on that and it would take them there. Except it's printed out, so I can't click on it. Well, no, you can't print it out. Um, I have some more details about art, but I think you do too. So go ahead, tell us a bit more about art. Art Shalik was born on Friday, April 25th, 1924 in Mill Valley, California. Shalik was 27 years old when he broke into the big leagues on July 16th, 1951 with the New York Yankees. Now, the other thing that I really like Spoiler about this is... Spoiler alert, only four years. <laughs> you can click on the first game, but you can't click on the last game. It'll tell you when the last game is, and then you can just go to the website and just find out what it is. So his first game was against the Detroit Tigers, and, um, yeah, you can actually look up the stats to see how he did. Um, so I'm having a look. He had two at-bats, and he had one run, but he had no hits. So he must have got put on. He either got hit by a pitch or he got a walk. I'm not sure. And his last game was actually against... Um, Oh, was he? Sorry, he was playing for the Orioles. Uh, he was um, against the Washington Senators, and they lost 6-4. to four. And Boo. you can see those details Boo. top. So I know that was something you were interested about, like who was the oldest players who were still alive. Boo. And that was the thing that went in my head. I was like, oh, if he was the oldest, who was the oldest before him? And that's when I found that guy there, George Elder, 101. Whew. That's pretty impressive. So, yeah, we'll be watching that list um, uh, going forwards. <laughs> All right. I actually, we don't have cable, JJ, but I know you made a big point wanting to watch the All-Star game stuff, yeah. and I said, I gotta look, see if I can sign up for something. So I actually signed up for Sling TV. So we got some stuff um, on that. Now, in the end, we kind of watched these separately. We didn't really watch them together. I was kind of busy on All-Star Day. I can't remember what I was doing. I was doing something else. Um, but anyway, so there was four parts. The Futures game, I don't think you watched, so... Is it like Future, like... Um, it's like, like famous people's. Well, we don't know, but it's like the people who should be the future of the game. It's like the the highest, um, I guess, like the highest draft picks who are kind of working their way up through the system. Or some of them, uh, some of them are playing right now, but like they're just not good enough to represent the All Star team quite yet. Okay. So most of these players are super young. Oakland A's catching pros prospect Shee What's his name? Let's have a look. Shay. Oh, that was kind of a difficult one. Yeah. Langilari? Lairs? I'm not sure. Langilares, I'm going to go with. On Saturday, won MVP honors for the 2022 Futures game. MLB's <clears throat> annual showcase of the sport's best prospective big leaguers in the American League Futures roster prevailed over the National League by a score of six to four at Dodger Stadium. Is yep. 
is everything on All Star Weekend being held at Dodger Stadium? Yes, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Like when you have WrestleMania weekend, everything's in that same town. So that's the if you can have thousands of people in LA, you might as well have everything set up on one stadium, right? So it's all ready. So yeah, my... um, spoiler alert, but on this one, oh, American League one again. <laughs> American League, as you found out this week, tends to be the one that's the dominant one for this one. Now, the celebrity softball game you wanted to watch, but you didn't. I wanted to, and I didn't watch it. I tried to record it, and unfortunately, the Futures game ran over so much that we didn't actually record the. It didn't record the softball game in its entirety, so I never watched the whole thing. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the softball game then? Celebrities from stage and screen joined softball and baseball legends at Dodger Stadium in a game that was action packed. From start to finish, Jenny Finch, Lisa Fernandez, act, Action Bronson, Qua, uh, Qua, Quavo? I think that's Quavo. Cece Sabathia. Cece Sabathia, yeah. <clears throat> Andre Ethia. Andre Ethia. J.K. Simmons and Bad Bunny were just a few of the big names to take the field on Saturday evening. Team Brooklyn defeated Team Los Angeles. It was a doctor-themed game 15 and 13 it was because you obviously know the la dodgers used to be yeah. the brooklyn dodgers as well i don't think they mentioned miz on that that's a little disrespected uh, yeah. disrespectful they he played on that one um uh, certainly before um so yeah high scoring game um the part that i took that because i actually did watch some of this one uh Vlad high Gre score game it is because it's a smaller field like they have the, the they have the fences set up inside the field so you don't have to hit it as far it might only be 200 feet for a home run or something oh. i'm not sure um cool. yeah it makes it high score and it's just a fun event and most of them aren't pro players like yeah. there's people from music um the actor brian cranston i think was there as well uh vlad carrero senior makes a surprise appearance as pinch hitter for bad bunny in the <gasps> first inning <laughs> <laughs> Like, Bad Bunny came out in the first inning, and then he's like, nah. Walked back to the inning, and Vlad Guerrero Sr. came out, and the crowd was pumped. Um, Jenny Finch, I think, was who was pitching to him. Jenny, Pinch, uh, Jenny Finch is an Olympic uh, gold medalist for America in softball. Uh, she pitched it to him. He hit a big drive right up against the fence. Hunter Pence there, grabbed it, end of the inning. So, unfortunately, he was only a, he was so close to... Uh, Come on. He was so close to uh, getting his home run. First hit. Um, like destroyed. Now those Nearly. were on the Saturday when there was actually MLB game still going on. Sunday I think it was a travel day. Uh, Monday was the home run derby, and this is actually your first experience of All Star Weekend. So you were watching this with Mason. So do you want to tell us what you remember about this first? Uh, or do you remember who won? Or do you remember Juan any of the Soto players? One Soto was the player who uh, won. Yeah. He has added his name to the Filipino players that have won the. Um, home run derby. Oh, okay. David Ortiz is one of them. Uh, well. David Ortiz is Dominican. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so I know that's Dominican. Not uh, all right. I have the totals, but as you as you rightly said, one Soto won, but yes, because uh, it depends how many rounds you got through as well. So yeah. the more rounds you got, put total. So who had the most home runs? Uh, P O on no. no Juan Soto. No. Julio Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez of Seattle hit like 32, I want to say, in the first round. Yeah. And then like How did 31. he not win with 81 home runs? Because in the final, that meant he only hit like 19 or something. And I'm oh, guessing yeah. once. So I have a feeling that why would you waste your energy hitting 32 in the first round if you don't need to hit 32? Then that might, I guess if you're going first, you might not know how many you need. 
But I'm going to guess he got tired. But yeah, to hit 81 and not win, that's pretty unlucky. Uh, Pete Alonso tried to win uh, back to back to back, but he didn't manage to do it. Uh, he hit 43. Albert Pujols made it to the semifinals at 35. And um, I'm guessing the bottom four did not make it out the first round. Jose Ramirez, Kyle Schwarber, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Corey Seager. Wait, Ronald Acuna Jr.? I think he made it out the first round. No, he didn't because I came and watched it with you. I can't remember who he was up against, but he didn't. He uh, needed Kyle more than... I want to. I thought he was against Pete Alonso. I remember seeing no. Pete Alonso in the first round. So um, yeah, that was the home run. And then the next day was the All Star game, which I know you guys started to watch it. Um, I was, like I said, I was busy. I watched the last five innings, and I think Mason said he watched like the first four innings. I'm not sure how much you watched. Uh, we already mentioned that the American League won, but do you want to? You can tell us what you remembered about it, or what you liked, or you can just give us some scores. Well, well, all the all the runs were scored in one inning. Um, yeah, for each team. Yeah. For the first one, the NL scored two in the first inning, uh-huh. and and the um, AL scored three in the fourth. Did, did that you, was the final score. Did you see those innings? No. Oh, okay. I only saw like the first. Oh, uh, okay. Was that it? Yeah. I thought you were pretty late that day from what I could remember. I right? didn't I didn't really watch mo- any I didn't watch um a lot of the All Star game. Oh, uh, okay. You and Mason watching the home run derby together on yeah. Because, uh, yeah. I I watched it on my Kindle and Mason's thing crashed. <laughs> so what do you think about the um, All Star? So I could watch weekend? it and then but Mason can't. What do you think about All-Star Weekend? Is that something you're going to want to watch next week? I'm uh, going to go, go watch it in person. Uh, next year is on the West Coast again, I think I saw. I think it's in Seattle, so that'll be a, a no. Ooh, cool. We can see this Mariner Stadium, too. And <laughs> see already, Mariner Moose, Dad, I've already if we seen stay Mar- long enough. Moose? Mar- Mariner Moose. That's the mascot, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to see the Mariners. I've already been there. <laughs> There's also the original Starbucks in Seattle as well. That's cool. about the only time I've ever been to a Starbucks. Dead. I think I've been to Starbucks three times, Dead. and that was one of them. Dead. Yeah. I want to go see the Toronto Blue Jays game at home, Dad. I would love and to. And I want to. I want to have one of the. I want to have the hotel, Dad, that's in the stadium. I knew exactly what you were going to say. I knew exactly what. You can literally Mason... stay in bed and watch the game in person, Dad. <laughs> you could. Um, Mason did go when we were about six, and they you had the You can get a room... megaphone, open the window, and go like, you suck. <laughs> they had the, the roof was open, and then the weather didn't look so good, so they started to close the roof. So we got to see the roof. Like, cool. it's not super quick. It takes like 20, 30 minutes to close. But like it was cool to watch per it, minute. So, right but yeah, anyway, I'm glad we went to see it. I remember it was against the Red Sox, and I don't remember the result. I have no idea but, what the result was, but it doesn't matter. Wait, when was it, Dad? Uh, he was about six. No, so... when? It was about eight years ago. Okay. You could do the math about... 2014? You know, you know what your brother is. Yeah, it was about 2014. Uh, it must have been a little before that, actually. Oh, it must have been the year before that, actually. He must have been five. 2013? Yeah, because you, you were not with us at that point. So, um, yeah. It must have been the year before then. It when must have been the... 2013. I so that's one that. of the things I want to do when we go to Canada, Dad. Uh, I would love to be able to go to Canada again. Without Mason. Uh, no. Because he already went. Mason's allowed to go. Seattle Space Needle? Uh, <laughs> you can go up the CN Tower in Toronto. That might be easier. Okay. I did the CN Is it taller? 
I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. I it did go up the CN Tower, but I did I, not go up the Seattle Needle. Because I was Dad, like, what's I the point? The, the CN Tower, I think there's bungee jumping at one of them. Uh, I yeah, at one of them, that. there's bungee jumping. Yeah, I, I can guarantee right now. I will not I be think. doing that. Uh, or is it like they they can. strap you on that and you lean over the edge? Either way, I don't want to do either of those. I want to do that though. All right, well, on an upcoming episode, perhaps on season two of JGB, we might hear about that. Woo! I found a lot of stuff on the uh, cop and state people this week. Hey. Sometimes I don't find yeah. anything, uh, but I found a few things this week. So go ahead. Tell us about, first of all, former Coppin State player. I want to get, like, one of those, like, vest things, like, you can put a GoPro on, and then I want to, and then I want to bungee jump off a building and gotcha. film it, Dad. I gotcha. Well, I okay. think I heard that in the last section. Former Coppin State outfielder Marcus Castillo is batting 353 in tie for the lead for RB Highs in Birmingham Bloomfield Beavers. That's his team. That's a bit Bloom. of a mouthful. I always forget. Hey, Dad, what... Bloomfield. <laughs> That's, That's the one up near Detroit. I was hoping Birmingham we might get a chance to... Bloomfield Beavers. That's Ooh. a weird name. Now. It is. Yeah, it's confusing with all the bees there. Um, we might... I can say, you're going up to Ohio in... Oh, I don't know. It's a triple couple of weeks' bees, time. Dad. Week and a half's time. Triple it, bees. Yeah, it might we be. We might not be going up to Ohio as well. I know. Um, if we do, then Detroit's only about a two and a half hour ride away. I would Woo! love to go and see uh, Marcus Castillo in a game, but we'll, we'll I have to see. I went to as well. We'll have to see how it works hey, out. Hey, Dad, we can go... To the Tiger Stadium as well. It might be actually that even if you do go, I might not be going because Mason might have. Uh, might, Mason's probably not going to be able to go because he's probably got golf practice now as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what else. Who else? Who else is doing well? Cora Miley's seven for sixteen, for a four thirty eight average in the last seven days, raised the season OP, OVP back to. Over 400. I can say, Mile is known for his uh, on-base percentage. It dropped a little Mr. under 400. Mr. OBP. Mr. OBP, that's right. That's what we call him. Uh, but yeah, OPS. batting average of 438. Whew, that's a hot bat right there. I know you asked the other day what that was, but that was How about a... the Fred Nats batter we saw, Dad? What was his OBP? Like a thousand and like... <laughs> he only had one at bat. Like... 1,200. Hey, that's the next episode. That's the next episode. No, had... it wasn't at that game, Dad. It was yeah, at... It was. No, it was at the one against the... um. Oh, God. Okay, the, Okay. I know who you're talking about. Lynchburg. Yes. The Hillcats. Okay. It also happened at the game we were at. That's why I assumed you were talking about that. All right, how about some pitching performances Rashad, then? Rashad Ruff last, last four appearances, 12 innings, 7 hits, 2 in runs, and 13 strikeouts and a save. Uh-huh. That's it. Really? Really? Wow. You're going to throw some shade on uh, Giovanni Canales then. All right. Yeah, there uh, was nothing four, about him. Last four appearances. Eight uh, and 8. a half innings, innings five, five, five hits, hits, one, one and run, and nine, nine strikeouts at the same. <laughs> That's pretty impressive right and there. And 92 unearned runs. So, uh, yeah, Giovanni and Rashad both play for the same team as well. Uh, it's the, uh, the Green Bay Rockers. Cool. So, um, yeah. I Dad, saw, we can see two copy mistakes. I saw Giovanni's, I saw Giovanni's uh, results Hugh first. Hugh kept staring at me from her chair. <laughs> I saw Giovanni's result first, and then I looked up, because uh, I saw he had the save, and I was like, oh, I wonder how, what the rest of his stats are like. And then I um, looked up Rashad as well, and um, yeah, he had how a save as well. How about any other pitchers? Um, that, that was all I had for, for this week. All right, with all all star games, there wasn't many games played since. But go ahead, tell us how the, tell us how those O's are doing, GG. Okay, they're playing against. Oh, okay. I don't want to see. 
They lost seven to six. They won six to three. And I hate this one. They lost six to zero. Yeah, I've got two out of three against uh, New York in New York. That's not too bad for the. If they only dropped one game overall, that's not too bad. And who they got coming up this week? Admittedly, the Monday game's already been played because we're recording this Tuesday night. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. That's the next few. Look at those prices. Pretty cheap if you want to go see them. Who dad? Expensive. Can we go to that first Cincinnati game? Only um, tickets as well seven dollars. It says at Cincinnati, so that will be a no. Come on. I'm not traveling to Cincinnati to go and watch your Kramer, Dad. I have his autograph. Uh, I oh, he's see the one him. who's pitching, Kramer? Uh, yeah. Well, we can watch the highlights the next day if that's no, what you want to do. No, I want to go. There's only tick. Yeah, there's tickets as low as $7. I saw. Travel you know, gas would be like $100. <laughs> and then the hotel care. on top. Oh, well, considering you have like $2 left, I don't think that's going to be enough to cover it's it. It's like $7. Um, you've been looking <gasps> forward for doing this one all week, I think. I woke up one day to you um, screaming down, Red Sox suck! And I was like, oh my gosh, he's already seen the scores. Go yeah, on. I have. Tell us, tell us what the Red Sox have been <laughs> doing since the All-Star game. They lost 28 to 5. <laughs> An hour more of clapping. Dad, you have to keep all this in. Okay. Uh, they then lost 4-1, to one, and then they lost 8-4. to four, So they lost all three games. All right, that's enough, good enough, for enough. Toronto, Dad. Um, I'm going to give... <laughs> that's very good Toronto's for Toronto. Toronto's good. Um, that was Toronto's most runs they've ever scored in a game. Uh, the most runs the Red Sox have ever scored in a game is 29. Woo! I didn't see that stat. Um, this is how bad... I don't think you realize how bad the Red Sox have been recently, JJ. So Ooh, the yay. stat that I have seen... Um, let me have a look. I think this was... I think I saw this Sunday night. So this might have been the last... The, the three Toronto games and the two before the All-Star. The last five games, the Red Sox were outscored by 55 runs. Now, that doesn't mean the other team scored 55. That means the other team got 55 more. That's the worst record in the whole of Major League Best Baseball in the last 120 years. Wait, what was before that then? I don't know. So, your comment that the Red Sox suck, Um, I don't have the ability to search things like that. I'm not Sarah Slangs on Twitter. I, I don't have access to all that stuff to do that. But when I heard that stat, I was like, yeah, I know they're doing bad. I didn't know that's the worst five-game performance in history. Um, coming up, they got four games against Cleveland. They actually won game one against Cleveland. Boo. Um, I, saw, I think the Orioles won last night, actually, as well. I think. And um, they got three games against Milwaukee as well. Ooh! The Milwaukee game on Saturday night is on FS1. We have FS1 on um, on Sling TV now. Uh, Jake Pavetta's pitching. So Ooh, look, cool. Look at the difference in prices. $53. You know, hey, Dad. Cheapest seats, $53. So it's game. $18 to $53 for the uh-huh. Red Sox. For the lowest price. Yes, seat. and then to the highest. That's like, that's for like different games. Uh-huh. I think the reason for those high prices, like it could be a giveaway, Dad. It's it could good. be, and it's a weekend as well. So, yeah, yeah sometimes bobbleheads, and uh, we'll probably be talking about that next episode. I think that was one of the reasons we went to go see that game. All right, only one thing I could talk about for this week in baseball, JJ, and I don't think I ever realized before that these kind of fell at the same time. Uh, the weekend following the All-Star Game is the Hall of Fame inductions. Now, if we haven't mentioned it, if we Here haven't go. mentioned it before, go. it's already happened, it was Sunday. If we haven't mentioned it before, uh, your middle name is David because of David Ortiz. Is he in Ortiz. the Hall of Fame now? 
He's in the Hall of Fame, yeah. Who else was in Dead All right, hold on, we're getting there, we're getting there. So you were born just a few months after David Ortiz was named uh, MVP for the World Series in 2013. So I wanted David to be your middle name because of that. And Mason has a similar deal as uh, well. And also because it's Red Sox too. And, and it's Red Sox, of course, yeah. Dad should have uh, made it some Orioles player. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, when you get to choose, you perhaps you can get to do that. Um, Ortiz became the first career-designated hitter to be selected on his first ballot when this year's round of results were announced in January. Ortiz thanked the baseball writers for the honor in his typical high-energy fashion, saying, you guys got it going on. Uh, Ortiz became the fourth Dominican-born player to be enshrined in the hall, joining his longtime friends Pedro Martinez, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., who we talked about earlier. And I always find it difficult to pronounce this guy's name. I think it's Juan Maracal. I think that's how you pronounce his name. So, tell us some more about... I'm thinking most people who listen will probably know about David Ortiz. You probably don't know because he kind of uh, retired pretty soon after you were born. So, go ahead. Give us some David Ortiz stats. Ortiz played 20 seasons in the, in the MLB, 1997... 2016 a time a 10-time all-star a seven-time silver slugger ortiz helped power the red sox to their 2004 world series title which ended an 86-year championship drought yeah once they sold babe ruth to the yankees they <laughs> they went a long time uh, he would know on Yo. Go on. You still with those two-letter words there? G. To be a three-time champion, including including World Series Most Valuable Player Award in 2013, known as one of the greatest designated hitters to ever play the game. Ortiz finished his career with a 286 batting average, 541 home runs, 1,768 RBIs, and a career slugging percentage of 552. He led the league in in RBI three times, RBIs three times, two thousand by two thousand six and two thousand sixteen. His last season in the league, it led the majors in home runs in two thousand six with fifty four. Ortiz's twenty career walk off hits in the regular season ranked third most in MLB history. Go on, ask your question. Uh, you normally ask a question when there's something like that. Uh, who has the most and who has the second most? Couldn't find out. Could not find that anywhere. Who all has I the could least find, dead? all I can find out who has is the least. Uh, me. I have zero. <laughs> Jesse. Like, has zero. Dad. Um, somebody who's just came. Um, okay. How about um, career walk-off hits? Oh, I was gonna say Adley Rushman because he's only just come up. I don't know. He might already have a walk-off hit. I don't know. Um. All I can find out is who had the most walk-off home runs. And the answer yeah. to that one is, and I didn't write it down, Jim Tomei has 13. There's a lot of people have 12. I could not find stats anywhere for least? career walk-off hits. Zero. Me. No, actually in the MLB. All right, let me pick a player. Who then. was uh, in Moonlight the Graham, okay? He had zero walk-off hits. Home runs. He had zero home runs. Has he just come up? Nope. He played in around 1906, I think. Oh. Now, you have no idea who Moonlight Graham is, do you? Dad, I know you like... watched Field of Dreams, right? Yeah. That Moonlight Graham is one of the characters in that. And he played in a game. He, um, he got to field, uh, but he never got to bat. 
and that was always his wish. He said, I just wanted to bat one time. Uh, he never got to bat. So I know that he has zero home runs. <laughs> so there's lots of people who had zero walk-off home on, runs. Um, Eddie Goodell. You don't, you don't know who Eddie Goodell is either, do you? No. Eddie Goodell's the guy who's like two foot six or three foot six or something. You've seen that one, right? The super short guy. He had like number one quarter on his back. They put him in as a joke. Like his strike zone was like super small. It was a joke that did it. So there's plenty of people, but I don't know the answer. Now, but Dad, what if there was tiny baseball? What if there was like a tiny softball game in All Star in the All Star weekend? Um, there isn't. Now, there should, Dad. You asked me who were the other people in the Hall of Fame, so here you go. Uh, Gil Hodges was... Um, of current players, David Ortiz was the only current player this time. Normally they have, like, two. Um, it's unusual to have one, but it was just one this time. I guess nobody warranted it. Now, they do have um, another group of people who vote on people that haven't made it into the Hall of Fame, and they think they should. Uh, Gil Hodges was often a name I saw that should have been wow. mentioned from the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, he was finally in. Uh, a pitcher called Jim Cat. Minnie Minoso, I thought he was in the Hall of Fame. I was shocked when he wasn't in. Who's Jimmy Minoso? Minnie Minoso um, is, oh gosh, I should have written this down. Um, I want to say, I'm going to feel terrible if I get this one wrong. I have a feeling that he was the first, I'm not going to do this credit. Um, he wasn't the first black player to play. Um, I think he was the first black Filipino player to play or something like that um, but he was like um, a le he was like um, so inspirational um, he preceded Roberto Clemente like um, Robert for Roberto Clemente that was huge people like Minimino so breaking in kind of told those people hey look we can do this as well uh, I always pronounce this guy's name I'm not sure how you pronounce it it's Tony Oliva it looks like O-L-I-V-A it looks like Oliva I think it's Oliva Olive uh, I'm not sure and Buck O'Neill should have been in the Hall of Fame years okay. ago before he died um, he was a Negro League player. He was um, the first African American to coach in the major leagues. He appeared on Ken Burns' baseball series. He told people, he, that's how I know, you asked me, like, how do you know, like those players, the stories I told you about Cool Papa Bell? How do I know about those? Book O'Neill. Book O'Neill shared all those stories on uh, Ken Burns' baseball story. So he should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago. But the last one who was in was really interesting to me because I'd never heard of this person. I'd heard of all the other people. Bud Fowler. Never heard of Bud Fowler, JJ? Nope. Me neither. So, I'm going to get you he... to read the first part. Has he felt a bunch? <laughs> I'm going to get you to read the first part, and I'm going to read the last part. Dad, so. I guess he's a Fowler. Mm -hmm. Right, Dad? Go on, tell us about Bud Fowler. <laughs> Was Christian John W. Jackson. Oh, another Jackson. Michael Jackson. A Jackson in the Hall of Fame. No, number one. You don't need to read the citations. <laughs> what even is... Number that one. tells you at the end, if you want to know more about that, you can go and read comment number one, and it'll tell you more about that fact. His father had escaped from slavery and migrated to New York. Hopefully he roots for the Yankees. Dad, in, in 1859, the his family did not moved exist in that time. They were from called Fort the... Plain, New York, to Cooperstown. Now, Cooperstown you know book what, over there. You know, correct. You know what Cooperstown is though, right? Yeah, no. That's supposedly where baseball was invented, and it's now where the Hall of but, Fame is. By Doubleday? Um, definitely not by Abner the Doubleday. And I, you're laughing, kind of laughing, because you know that that's not true. Because uh, I told you that one. You it, said it was invented. He claimed they claimed it was because he was a well-respected um, uh, Civil War person, but it, he did not invent that game. Who did? Uh, we don't know. We don't know is the answer, but it's way before Abner the Doubleday. People would not know how to throw. 
other teams' baseballs because everyone had different baseballs. Oh, sure. Yeah, they were, yeah. that's why they standardized the rules. Like, eventually. some people had, like, X baseballs, uh-huh. and then some people had, like, standard baseballs and mm-hmm. designs, and then someone just have, like... probably had a bunch like, of so- socks balled up as well. Yeah, someone just have, like, just, like, just straight, like, line. Uh-huh. Like, it'll just be a straight line. Yeah. Parallel. You learn to play baseball? During his youth in Cooperstown, he was nicknamed Bud because he called other players by that name. Uh-huh. Fowler first played for an all-white professional team based out of Newcastle, Pennsylvania in 1872 when he was only 14 years old. That's pretty young to play for a professional team, right? Full yeah. team? Yeah. Okay, keep going. When he was 19, on April 24, 1878, he pitched a game for the Picked Nine. I guess they just picked nine players and called the team the Picked Nine. Who defeated the Boston Red Caps, defeated champions of the National League in 1877. So that's a pretty big win, right? That's a pretty big win for Fowler. The Red Sox suck. <laughs> Keep going. That's the Red Caps. I know. They're sure. the same as the Red Sox. Game. I don't know They were the that. early Red Sox. They might have been. They might have been. You Keep said going. you would read the end. Keep going, Fowler. Moved to Birmingham, New York. Well, that's where some new from Coffin State play now. And played on the team. Their racial tensions arose, and his teammates refused to continue playing with him. Now, the part that you haven't realized about this story is, but you might have picked it up from the fact that it said he played on an all-white professional team, but Fowler was not white. I know. But Fowler was African-American. I know. So, that was why some of the things... Anyway, continuing. According to baseball historian James A. Riley, Fowler played 10 seasons of organized baseball, a record for an African-American player, until broken by Jackie Robinson in his last season with the Brooklyn Dodgers. So... When we've talked before, we've been kind of a little bit sh- little bit smug. And was like, oh, I know Jackie Robinson's not the first player. Uh-huh. The first player is... Uh, Moses. Bud Fowler? <laughs> Moses Fleetwood Walker. Bud Fowler. But, uh, it's really Bud Fowler. I'd never heard of yeah. Bud Fowler before. Anyway, the story continues. Fowler died in Frankfurt, New York, February 26, 1913. In 1987, the Society for American Baseball Research placed a memorial on his grave to memorialize and honor his success as the first professional African-American baseball player. Cooperstown, New York, declared April 20th, 2013 as Bud Fowler Day, dedicating a plaque and presenting an exhibit in his honor at Doubleday Field. Um, Cooperstown has a baseball field. That's called Doubleday Field. Um, it was <laughs> It was prepared by the Cooperstown Graduate Program. The st- street leading to the field has now been named Fowler Way. Now, I haven't been to Cooperstown in nearly 20 years, so I'm going to guess that's something... Obviously, that was way before that change. So I'd never heard of Bud Fowler before, so there is some wording that's slightly different there. Did you hear it said the first professional African-American baseball? Yeah. Whereas... I think Jackie Robinson's the first player to break the color barrier in the MLB. So there is a few differences in words there. It could there, be minor league, though. It, well. it could be. But I thought it was interesting. I hadn't heard of it. So, he never um, got called up to the majors. So Bud Fowler was the seventh one. And, um, yeah, that kind of does it for this week. Um, next week, we will do our review from the game that we went to um, the Eastern Shore for that we talked about. Uh, Delmarva Shorebirds versus the Fredericksburg Nationals. Mm. 
Uh, if I can grab that instrument, way, I, can play, I can play the outro for you no. if you prefer. Great kids play place as well, though. Uh, you can talk about that next the week. The Unlimited is actually really good. Because you get to just go over there.